Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Japan is in the middle of the most sweeping legal reforms the nation has seen since World War II. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs, talking with someone right in the middle of those reforms, Mitsuru Clarecino, corporate counsel for Itochu, a multinational Japanese corporation. Ms. Chino is also a professor of law who has taken an active role in her country's legal reform. She's currently at Yale as a World Fellow, part of a select group of young international leaders. Why is Japan undertaking this enormous task now? I think the reform that you're referring to is the increase of lawyers in Japan.、Uh, traditionally, Japan has had very few lawyers. And、uh, we created a new law school system like that in the United States, where people study law and graduate and become lawyers.、Um, Japan is undertaking that task because we are needing more lawyers as the economy advances in Japan. We're seeing more、uh, increased number of complex cases.、Mm-hmm. Um, it is becoming litigious, unfortunately. And、uh, companies and individuals are seeking lawyers and legal advice. So, it is more of a task that is being pushed by the economy and by the society. But there are some real systemic changes, right? Like in sort of what would be parallel to the jury system for us. Sure. So, that's right.、Uh, Japan will be introducing next year a jury system、uh, in criminal matters. So, unlike in the United States, where you can have juries for civil and、mm-hmm. criminal cases. Uh, in Japan, it is just for criminal cases. And I think the attempt is to make sure that、uh, in many of these criminal cases, the victims are、um, awarded or given a fair trial、mm-hmm. by having sort of their peers、uh, judge them alongside with the judges. For an American audience, what would be the main differences between the US and the Japanese systems? So, for example, this、uh, jury system that you referred to.、Mm-hmm. Uh, many Japanese people are very worried about this jury system. It's not something that we have had in our culture to have juries or lay people decide, especially criminal cases、mm-hmm. that they're not familiar with on a day to day basis.、Um, and、uh, many of them are actually quite worried about, for example, if it's a,、um, uh, a crime that, relate, that is related with the underground, what is going to happen to them? Uh, to their family、mm, if they、mm-hmm. serve as a juror.、Uh, so, the big difference, I believe, is that、um, while here in the United States, people are used to being part of the legal system, whether serving as a jury or being you know, a, a, a judge or a lawyer,、uh, you actually see more lawyers here in the United States.、Right. You know whom to go to. Whereas in Japan,、uh, it would be very difficult. For example, before I became a lawyer myself, I really didn't know a single lawyer that I could go to. For my personal matters. Wow.、Um, so the legal system is something that is very distant from your day to day life. And in order to、uh, take part in that one day,、um, that's a very big difference from how the American legal system is compared to the Japanese legal system. Now, I've read that the new system is going to require tens of thousands of new lawyers. How are law schools gearing up to train that many people that quickly? That's actually a very good question. So, when the, the law school system was created in Japan four years ago,、mm-hmm. the hope was that、uh, people would be more interested in the analytical skill building rather than, that, rather than the memorization of the law, 
which was the way to learn the law in Japan historically. Um, so you can still study law as an undergraduate in Japan, which is very different from how it is in the right. U.S. Here in the U.S., you, can, you cannot study law as an undergraduate degree, but you go on to law school as a professional school. Right. In Japan, the way uh, the system is set up is that so you can study law or you can major in law as a college student. And if you did that, then you have to go to law school for two years. If you didn't major in law, then law school would be three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hope was that because up until now, uh, the study of law was so much based upon memorization, by having this new law school system, hopefully modeled after the U.S. law school, uh, students would be taught how to think, um, maybe by incorporating the Socratic method, mm-hmm. which you see here in the United States, and having um, these new lawyers who can really engage with their clients uh, when they, they go out and work in the real world. Um, so many of these law schools uh, actually had curriculum that was geared towards that aim and having practitioners teach at law school. Um, but what we have seen, unfortunately, is that uh, uh, Unfortunately, the passage rate of the, these uh, law school graduates uh, of the bar exam was not as high as uh, it was originally said to be. Mm-hmm. So the original hope was that if you graduated from law school in Japan, like here in the United States, it was almost a given that you would pass the bar right. unless you were extremely uh, a poor student. Well, unfortunately, it was not like that. So the first class of law school graduates, uh, law school graduates uh, graduated. Not many of them actually passed the bar. So law schools are now looking at their curriculum and thinking, hmm, maybe we should really go back to the the Mm. memory-based education, which the law school was not really meant to to be in the first place. So your question is very timely in that sense. Right. So it's it's to some extent an unresolved problem. That's right. That's exactly right. I think the, the Japanese bar has to increase the number of lawyers more dramatically in order to accommodate these people who are studying law right. uh, in colleges and also at law schools uh, and uh, so that they can pass the bar and, and they can actually concentrate on the study of law while they're in law school without really having to worry about the bar exam. Right. How about your own role as a corporate counsel? How do you see that changing? Okay, so in Japan, uh, we are introducing um, the Japanese version of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. Oh, you poor thing. Yes. So uh, as you know, here in the U.S., many or all of the listed companies are required to comply with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. Uh, We are introducing a law that is very similar to that. We should probably actually say for not everybody knows about Sarbanes-Oxley in the U.S. All right. So Sarbanes-Oxley is this uh, federal law here in the United States that was enacted after the Enron and the WorldCom crises. Um, corporations required to really be more accountable to their stakeholders through uh, financial statement disclosures, more transparency in their financial statements, and actually holding their CEOs and CFOs accountable for what they publish to the public in terms of the financial statements. Which creates then a great deal of reporting work for that corporations is right. like that yours is right. to it's do. That is right. It's a lot of reporting work. 
Um, I don't know whether the figure is true, but uh, I've read in a Japanese newspaper that on average, a U.S. corporation that had to go through the Sarbanes-Oxley compliance spent uh, on average about $5 million. Mm. Um, and I can just see uh, that figure being a pretty legitimate figure. So we're incorporating something that is very similar to that in Japan, where Japanese listed companies uh, would be required to produce more reports mm -hmm. for the stakeholders, and the CEOs and CFOs would be uh, accountable for those reports, certifying that they are true and accurate. Um, and as a result of that, uh, legal departments in many of these corporations are very, very busy right. because they have to make sure that uh, there is corporate governance uh, within those corporations for which those legal departments are accountable. And I think uh, corporate uh, counsel and corporate uh, lawyers' roles are also changing in that uh, they have to be more interactive with management in making sure that these structures are in place. Is that kind of transparency going to be necessary in any country now that really wants to attract foreign investment? Well, I think certainly in uh, developed countries, this push towards corporate governance mm. and uh, a company being a global citizen um, is the movement. Yeah. And I think uh, investors are requiring that as well. So if you want to stay a competitive company uh, and if you want to attract investments from overseas, then yes, I think uh, that is the way to go. Tell me a little bit about the work you've done on behalf of women in the workplace. Okay. Um, when I joined the company, I was only one of the two female managers that the company had. Um, the company that I work for is a big Japanese company. We have uh, 4,000 employees in our Tokyo headquarters, um, actually over 40,000 if you look worldwide. Mm -hmm. But at the Tokyo headquarters, um, we had business women at the rate of 2.2% uh, of the business people. So wow. only 2.2% of the, the business people were women. Uh, and only uh, there were only two female managers at that time. Uh, I felt that something was very wrong with that uh, situation, and I approached the company president at that time, saying that we really needed to diversify our workforce uh, in order to bring our company to the global standard. Mm -hmm. uh, Japan is also facing a very difficult demographic issue of um, a declining population since 2005, we also have a very low birth rate. Women are not getting married. And many of these things are due to women having to choose their career or their, their family. Uh, statistics has shown that uh, women who work for companies with good childcare policy or um, work policy tend to have more children. So um, by making sure that women are incorporated into the workforce and they can work comfortably, um, that is one way to solve uh, some of these demographic problems that Japan is facing. Do most companies see that as part of their responsibility to provide daycare, to provide parental leave, that sort of thing? Yes, because the Japanese government has been very specific on that. And uh, there is only so much that Japanese government, the Japanese government and Japanese laws can do. Mm -hmm. I seriously believe that it is up to the private sector, especially large corporations and listed corporations, that need to tackle these issues very seriously because they are the ones that can make 
Japan uh, change. And you've made some progress. You're not at 2.2 percent anymore. That's right. right? We are uh, currently uh, towards 5 percent. So we're also hiring women more aggressively. Um, we want to hire at least 20 percent women mm-hmm. uh, from the graduating, the college graduates, uh, and that will be increased to 30 percent in the coming years. And you've also made a commitment to get more women on your board of directors. That's right. That's what uh, our president and our chairman have been saying. Uh, Not just women, but we are also really trying to globalize our company. So we want to have women and also uh, non-Japanese people Mm -hmm. on our board of directors um, in the future in the future and the years to come. Now, you're something of a global citizen yourself. You lived abroad a lot when you were a child. Law school and college were both here in the U.S. What makes Japan home for you? Well, I think it's the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, All my family members are there. Uh, Japan is a great country. Uh, I love the United States, too. But I think my uh, uh, loyalty is to Japan. Um, I also see Japan as a country where I can probably make more changes Mm -hmm. than here in the United States. I mean, here in the United States, you have so many creative people. Uh, There are all these people fighting for whatever cause. Uh, In Japan, I'm quite unique. And I really see myself as somebody who can make a change. And I really do see that as a, a role that I should be. Uh, playing. And how is your World Fellows experience preparing you to go back and do that? The World Fellows program is such a visionary program. Uh, When I first heard of the program, I was just astounded as to President Levin's vision and also the university's vision for bringing 18 of us together. Mm. Uh, Really no strings attached because at the end of the program, it's not as if we have to write a paper for the university. Um, But I think uh, this experience has really made me engage in serious dialogue with my fellows on very serious global issues, um, ranging from globalization, uh, democratization, urbanization. I mean, we have discussed so many different topics. And I think uh, this experience of uh, dialoguing or engaging in conversation has made me think about many, many issues that I hadn't really thought about in my daily work as a lawyer sitting at my desk at Itochu, um, and which has given me actually some ideas as to what I can do. Uh, but I think initially when I go back, um, I think I would like to uh, engage my colleagues in some very serious discussions, not necessarily about globalization, but maybe where our company is heading, mm-hmm. where we see our company in the next 10 or 20 years. Um, So the program has really taught me the importance of dialogue and sitting together and trying to figure out things uh, with your fellow colleagues. Thank you. We've been talking with attorney Mitsuru Claire Chino about her role in Japanese legal reform. For more information, visit yale.edu slash worldfellows.